about five years ago, we asked Charlie Munger, we were sitting right there when he thought of Bitcoin, and he said, rat poison. Uh, back then, it was about $100 plus dollars per Bitcoin. Today, it's 9000 Is it still rat poison? Well, probably rat poison squared. Yo, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Nick and Griff Show. Public service announcement, don't forget to remind your friends and family that one Bitcoin will always be one Bitcoin. Now let's dive in. Today is Saturday, October 22nd. It is 9.23 a.m. Griff, how are you doing today, my boy? Living the dream. How about you, brother? I'm also living the dream. I'm rocking some black coffee today. And uh, boy, does it get you going in the morning. You have any water before you drink that black coffee? I do have a little water. I've got. Uh, I like to. I like to do a decent chunk of water and coffee or tea in the morning is kind of the uh, is the standard there. Are you a coffee or a tea guy? I know you drink a lot of coffee, but do you ever drink any tea? I'm pretty exclusive to the coffee yang. Um, I would say that's mostly because of how work is set up. And because when I got into coffee, it was after college and I did my research and I basically, it's pretty simple. If you drink black coffee, it's all good. Then you'll just be better than everybody else. (laughs) I know that's what people think, but like, it's not, it's not like that. It's just that I really like caffeine and I really like the taste of coffee and the way to have the most of that is just get used to the black flavor. So I would say go find a type of coffee you like and the strength of it that you like. Don't do the sweeteners and stuff just because it's like you drink this stuff so often, you know, you don't want to yeah. pair something that you do so often with something not good, like sugar, added sugar. For sure. You know, in, in a lot of those like artificial, like sweetened type sweeteners, um, they use that, they use the term natural and other uh flavors or whatever the terminology is and i guess with that term or that phrase they're able to hide like hundreds of different little uh additives and and ingredients yeah it's easy Uh, i actually think the podcast knows that i do medical sales so i was in um, a clinic just yesterday and they call the pink packets the sweetener sweeten lows Yep. Like, I think it's like sh- the sugar of death or the little orange packet of death or something like that. <laughs> because it has so many additives, like you're saying, that aren't even sugar. Like, it would be better just to have regular sugar than to do what they do. That's, what, they that's what I got it. here today. I got a little bit of sugar in there. Real yeah, sugar. Real crazy. sugar. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy how marketing plays a role. And I guess that'll bring us right into Bitcoin for the day. It's amazing how good Bitcoin's marketing is, really, truly. Mm. With no marketing team. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. You know, I think something that's interesting, too, is like, you know, bringing up this because Bitcoin is is it has a, an aura of like it's it's this thing, uh, but it's but you can't really put Bitcoin in a basket necessarily. You know, it's it's a political it's uh, it's black and white. It's uh, up and down. It's left and right. It's 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 kind of all the opposites. You know, it just is. Bitcoin just it's is. It's an unstoppable force and an immovable object all at the same time. 
I mean, that's a great way to put it, right? It's like it's it's everything and nothing. It, it's just code running on computers all over the world. And well, it's money. It's money and it's code. It's money and it's language. It's money and it's uh, platform. It's very interesting. And I know, like today, what we're getting into. I know Nick uh, kind of has a really cool show set up for us, but it is cool how Bitcoin is getting into like the plebs, like. It is about it's about the little guy and it's kind of working for sure. Well, I, I, I'm really excited to get jump, jump or to to get started on some of those topics that we want to talk about today. But before we do that, we haven't done a market check in a little while. So everybody, welcome back to the market check here. Let's look at these numbers. Bitcoin today is right now sitting at nineteen thousand two hundred and twenty nine dollars and twenty cents. Dude, I saw a hilarious meme the other day, and it was, uh, you know, I, I forget which Austin Powers it is, but where he's, uh, where he's driving the little cart inside of that huge like manufacturing facility or whatever that's like Doctor Evil's lair or whatever, and he's mm-hmm. trying to turn it around, and he's driving back and forth between the two walls, and he's, you know, he's trying to do like a twelve hundred point turnaround or whatever, yeah. and it, and it was, uh, it showed like Bitcoin on the uh, on the cart. And then each wall was 19,000, 20,000. So it's like 19, 20, 19, 20. And that's like exactly what we're looking at here. I mean, look at this. Bitcoin goes up October, beginning October, October 4th to 20,200. And then it comes back down to um, 18.7. It dropped way down, right? And then it shoots back up to 19.8. And then back down to 19.78. Uh, it's just been back and forth, back and forth between 19,000 and 20,000 for you know, the ba- the past month, you know, give or take. I think that that's been pretty funny. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, the price of Bitcoin is so interesting because volatility is such a, a hot button topic when it comes to Bitcoin, because yeah. everybody who is every hater who is any hater. All right. I guess I'm calling them out in regards to Bitcoin. We'll talk about how volatile it is. Like if you're a true, true like hater of Bitcoin, you will bring up how volatile it is in the first five minutes of talking about it. And a Bitcoiner will look at you and go, oh, so you, you don't get it. <laughs> oh. like, you don't get it at all. Like you really don't get it. You know what I mean? And so oh, yeah. it's right now how it's bouncing back and forth. You know, now the narrative on Twitter seems to be how stable Bitcoin is compared to everything else, how much it hasn't dropped in comparison to these other guys. Because Bitcoin is still up theoretically from its like last all time high of like 17,000, right? And everything else, like the, uh, I want to say, well, I mean, well, let's look at everything else, like the pound, isn't like everything else, like the pound is like actually reaching like new lows from like a decade ago now. So it's starting to like take effect in that manner. Okay, let's let's let me look at this here. So if you guys are watching, you can kind of see what I'm doing here. So, okay, so this date right here at the bottom of this is the S&P 500 right at at the bottom of the covid crash. We're going to say that that's March 16th here. Just what I'm seeing on my deal. So it may be a little different. Um, So from March 16th to present day, uh, the S&P is up sixty two percent. Okay, now Bitcoin from what was it? March. uh, uh march 16th let's see here i can't get it exactly march 9th march 9th so from march 9th to today bitcoin is up 256 percent 
huh, that can't be right. I thought that Bitcoin was too volatile and it was gonna, I was going to lose all of my money. Now, it depends where you buy, right? Of course, it depends where you buy. Uh, but just hold, just hold for, you know, four years and you're going to make right. it kind of worse that the S&P is only up that much and inflation cumulatively is probably rivaling that just saying. So your relative gains, everybody like investing is basically so that you can beat life. That's how they have it. The system has it set up right now where if you play their game, you have a nice retirement, right? Like that is kind of what they offer you the Bitcoin game guys, what it offers you is freedom, a world where you don't even need retirement because you have so much money and the money (laughs) buys so much stuff that it doesn't matter what age you are. And that's like, I want to drive that home. It's like, yeah, that's like a long ways away. But if you look at a lot of the companies, I mean, like a lot of the rumors that Apple and obviously Strike just got an $80 million Series B. If you saw that yesterday, they just got another round of investing. Um, Whether it be the Federated Internet Project that Jack was just tweeting about on Twitter, or it's the Impervious AI browser, like it's happening. Things are changing. And Bitcoin is definitely going to be something. It's going to find its niche. And I just, you know, Nick, I just, I can't seem to find why some people are really going to wait until it's over. And it's like, oh, I'm just using the Bitcoin right now. Yes. I was, we were talking, uh, lightning, uh, good. sorry. Yeah. You're using it. Probably should have just bought some, <laughs> you know, but it's going to sure. be so awesome. I really, the only thing I hope out of Bitcoin, out of all the work that we've put into it, or I guess all the time and the energy is. I just hope we get to see the time where money starts accruing value over goods and services again, where like one sat gains so much value that in like 30 years, one sat can really buy me something. That's all I want, man. Just because I, I don't think that we need to keep building all of these like, you know, lasers and cool things and Apple needs to come out with a new phone every year. It's like people don't need that gratification every year. We've just built a system where you're basically like almost forcing people to do it. I mean, like how many people have you really talked to Nick where it's like you bring up some of these conversations about what Apple does, about how products are crappier, about how um, current corporations are incentivized by a poor system. So you're getting a worse product. So things are just not as great. Like that's the explanation for, you know, why is everything right now just not not great? Like it's 2022. We have all this tech. We have all this stuff. But like in your opinion, how many people that you talk to point to, I guess, the money, you know? In, in terms of what? Like how many people do you talk to that when you talk about all the problems, like, Dishwashers are crappier, and iPhones uh, keep putting out the crappy stuff, and there's okay. no more movies, and the food is just not as like good as I remember. Butter sucks now, and how yeah. many of those things do you talk about with people? And how many people do you actually find go well? The money is shitty, so maybe that's you know for sure. Yeah, I, I think you're you're posing an interesting question because yeah. um, a lot of times, right? Exactly what you're doing is posing a question most people do not do. And so it's, 
it's crazy because you know it, it's it is tough to understand and realize and be aware of uh because you know you and i and pretty much everybody else in the world other than you know i guess past the age what like i don't know w- when we would go back and say maybe it wasn't as manipulated to uh but but definitely some of the boomers and stuff you know and uh and and generations before that are still alive can see but for people like us, we've grown up in this dollar world, right? We've grown up in this dollar world, and uh, and we've always had fractional reserve banking since we've been alive. Uh, it's just what is what is normal, right? And so, yeah, I mean, to your point, like nobody's nobody's like, oh, the money's broken. That's why all these products are kind of shitty, you know, and and cheap quality or whatever it is, right? Whatever the example is, um, nobody nobody thinks, well, what's causing this? You know, that those questions are not thought about and asked. And uh, I think that that's very strange. You know, it's like people don't critically think. Yeah, that's really, it is interesting. And I think some of it, maybe it's just because it's been so good. I mean, life is good for most people. It has been for quite a while. I mean, a lot of people own homes that probably really shouldn't own homes because they don't have the financial discipline to own a home. The whole 30-year mortgage thing is a great incentive to want to play their game. I mean, so is a 401k. But you're exactly right. Not a lot of people want to get into the weeds of these situations. I guess that's why we started a podcast. And if you guys are listening, it's like, at the end of the day, we can sit here and talk about a lot of stuff. Um, More people are just going to have to get into the weeds. And I don't know how that's going to happen, whether they're just pissed off because of something the government does, or it's the younger generation, or the internet gets better. I think we're going to talk about a little bit little bit of this today about how Bitcoin might be able to affect the future in regards to what are we talking about? How is business done? Um, How should we really be doing business? What you should you really be like? What content you should you really be consuming? I mean, they've been shoving stuff down our throats for a while. And it's all an effort to keep up a system because it's a dollar because it is a system. It is a network. It's all the same. It's so funny, Nick. It's a network. It's just money. Money is a network. What is money? People can't even grasp that what is money is like, I don't know, man, what money's like. How many different things can money be? Probably like a hundred, maybe more. If, if not more, yeah. <laughs> like more? Like, because it can be more things. I mean, like, what money can be a lot. Like, it can be a lot to people. It's the most important thing, too, for humans, because otherwise we're just like kind of throwing stones at each other. Like we don't know what to do. We don't if there's no money and if there's no. And here we go. If there's no money and there's no religious in regards to like the standard and the way that we live, if there are not those two things, then how does an economy get formed? How does a society get formed? And I think that's kind of why Bitcoin is so important. Yeah, that's what you think, but it's changing that very part of the world. For sure. Yeah, it's interesting, too. Another thing that I think a lot of people run into is, um, you know, you you work years and years and years, however long it is, to build up whatever your current wealth is, you know, in this current world that is built upon a broken fiat system. Well, then, then, you know, the more that you've got in the fiat world, um, the more you've got to lose meaning you're incentivized to not want the system to crumble and fall, which I, I also don't want the system 
to crumble and fall. I actually was listening to uh, an episode with um, Greg Foss and this other guy, Philip, I think it was, or Joe, uh, on the Blue Collar Bitcoin podcast last night. And, um, you know, they were talking about different ways where a soft landing can be can be done. And I was like, oh, that's interesting, you know, and it was it was interesting to listen to. But uh, I say all that to say, you know, it seems like the more you've got in the fiat world and the more that you're working the strategy. Right. And, and, and another thing that's interesting about this strategy in this fiat world is, again, because we're not asking the foundational questions to to identify what's actually below the surface. All we're ever doing is building strategy and planning on how we can best combat these side effects, these negative side effects of the broken foundation, right? Instead of addressing the foundation itself, which is exactly the topic that we got prepared today, is the fundamental questions. Um, you know, I think that this is something that once you, if you got a little bit of interest on what Bitcoin really is, man, and you dive down that rabbit hole, you'll start to realize, oh, wow, I did not know anything that was going on below a certain level. And I think, uh, I think a couple of those questions here, let's just jump into this deal, Griff. So first one of those uh, fun- fundamental questions, I'm going to take it down a flow here and see if we can't make sense of this. So typically people, I think, begin with Okay, I I got I got to make money. You know, I, I need money to do these things, and so I've got to make money. And I want to retire someday. I love that there's this goal of retirement, right? We're just gonna get to this point, and then we're just gonna stop everything that we're doing, and we're gonna be done working. Um, which <laughs> is just so which is just bullshit. It's which just is so true. But if you think about that, Nick, how else can we do it currently? Sure. Well, and, and so the goal, right? The goal is to accumulate enough so that you can do that someday. And how do you do that? Well, you have to go find some professional to help you do it, or you have to go invest in uh, real estate, or you have to invest in um, equities, you know, some some sense. You got to buy a company or, you know, you have to go invest and take risk, which uh, I, I don't think is a bad thing, but it's now it's combating the side effects that we're seeing of the broken foundation. So Starting with, well, why do we need money? Okay, so it's all about we've got to accumulate more. We've got to accumulate more. Why do we need money? Uh, well, it, simply put, and we'll expand on this, we use it every single day to consume what we need to consume in order to live. I mean, you, you don't eat for free. You don't live somewhere for free. You don't drive to and from work for free. You, you got you to gotta go to work, and you, you don't get money for free, right? You have to earn money. So so we have to go and, and expend time and, and labor, right? We're going to get to that here in a second. But we need money so that we can consume in order to live today. And we also use it to save and plan for the future is, is kind of what the, what the ideal is, right? Ide, idea, uh, ideally, sorry, I can't talk. Ideally, we're, we're saving and planning with the money that we've got today for the future, well, yeah, it's just that like bartering is also limited. So like people at a certain point in time, it was just like, we can't always just make the perfect trade. We don't always have like A for B or A for Z or B for C. Like it just didn't work. And money is the highest form of energy humans can achieve because in currently we've only been able to build it out of trust, but humans collectively pick money. I mean, that's how it, that is how it works. Like collectively, whatever the biggest network is, whatever the most liked commodity is, 
the most saleable good. Yeah, the most accessible or how it happens. Recently, we've pretty much given all of our power to these centralized planners. um, And that aggressively started happening in 1913. You know, that, you know, the game that we're in now is entirely different from the game that governments were playing, you know, 50, even 60 years ago. It's not, it's not the same um, or a hundred years ago, rather, or the 1800s or the 1700s. But nowadays it's, you know, obviously so different and obviously so manipulated. Um, but money back in the day was just like, they, they needed shells or they needed something man to represent, like a way for them to go to a marketplace. Um, and a marketplace is found to be so important because how else do you like, kind of go and sell your goods like i guess you can make a bunch of like individual business relationships where you can just go to one place and sell it and like everybody can go there so it's just really interesting how humans like economics is really fundamental like i'm sure it's even much more fundamental than i said but that's not like my best like explanation of like it is very very simple it's just that it's gotten more complicated now um it's almost gotten so complicated that that when you see something that is so pure and simple it's like uh right. what's the catch you know what's the catch uh to take the why do that's we need money question but wait that's a such further. a good point nick that's Keep such going. a good point what's the catch what's the catch that's the thing you yeah. know what I, I bothers me every great technological advancement it's like everybody wants to know what the fucking catch is there's no catch like with Bitcoin, guys, there's no catch. It's Bitcoin. Like, that's the cool part. If it doesn't work out, it's because it didn't work out, right? Like, if it doesn't work out, it's probably because we went to World War Three, in my opinion. If it doesn't work out, it's because we went to World War Three and the United States government tried to sink it all at the same time. Or because, or because right now, as it's most vulnerable, it will ever be. Every day, the Bitcoin network gets stronger, and it increases its ability to fight like everything else so i just think it's so funny it's like oh it's too good to be true it's like i guess but like how many people say that in their lives and just miss out on the next greatest thing like how often are people doing that yeah well well keep keep going right like even on the fiat on the fiat system it's like you know yeah people people are so skeptical of bitcoin because Mm -hmm. it because it simply has just done what it is what it was made to do for you know 13 14 years and there's there's not a catch you know and and it's funny because in the fiat world there are catches a ton of them and and people don't people don't ask questions about that again because they're comfortable it's what they've grown up with right well Um, and also it's different very strange right and i was speaking on this earlier today and it's i think this is a very important piece that doesn't get talked about enough unless you're like really in the bitcoin space but everything so far that's been built on Bitcoin that includes Strike, right? That is an LN service. We're getting into a debate on that on Twitter. It's an LN service. You can cry all you want. It's an LN service, so suck it. Okay. And then there's obviously like Swan. There's like all kinds of different Lightning applications. The Lightning Network has a lot more Bitcoin coming onto it and everything like that. Yep. Um, it's bound to just happen. And... I feel like people just want to hate for no reason. I don't know. People just, I, they just can't see a good thing coming or I don't know. Well, so, so again, uh, let's, let's go a little bit deeper on the, why do we need money piece, right? This is still just one question here. One, one little trail that we're kind of going down here. Um, 
why do we need money, right? Obviously, we need to consume today in order to live. But but you had mentioned it earlier, talking about the barter system, right? Um, we also need money in order to make transactions with other parties that don't want to trade us directly for what we can produce, or maybe we maybe we want something that somebody else produces, but they don't want what we produce. So how, how do we how do we make a trade there, right? I mean that's that's uh, that makes it difficult. So uh, long story short, without getting into the weeds of it, we started using the most saleable good in the market, meaning the most available good in the market that we could use to represent the value that we've created in producing whatever we produce and sold it to the market for the saleable good. Now we can use that saleable good, right? That we know as uh, not, I won't say money quite yet, but currency, right? Some type of currency to then buy the other things that we need, right? So that we can consume to live today. Um, That's another reason why we need money. Um, So then, so then, I guess before we get to the what is money piece, another one is that we have to earn money. You can't just – money's not just free. You don't just get money. Uh, you don't just get things for free. There's no such thing as a free lunch, right? Um, we have to earn money. So how do we earn money? Well, we have to go out into the market. And, you know, the markets are distorted. Things are twisted up right now because of fiat. But the market still will reward what is deemed valuable in the market. And the only way you can produce something of value in the market is by expending your time and or labor, depending on whatever it is exactly that you're doing, right? The people at the very bottom of the, of the, the chain that are you know, being paid hourly, right? They're legitimately spending time and labor. Uh, they, they clock in, clock out, and they do some type of task for X amount of time, and they're rewarded for that service, right? Maybe others, uh, maybe others provide a ton of service in the market, like uh, let's say a podcast, right? Tons of people have huge podcasts and people consume that podcast. And that is a, a, a value, right? If, if somebody wants to watch a podcast or listen to a podcast and somehow or another that podcast creator is, uh, is monetizing the podcast, well, then that's, that's producing value in the market, you know? That's that's a, an extension, right, of your time and your labor that you can use the internet to reach significantly more people and provide more service all over the world and stuff. But it's it's it is still expending time and labor to create something, to produce something of value in the market. That's how you earn money, right? You, you, it's not just free. Money money isn't debt, Nick. So people have been able to actually make a living with debt recently. I mean, we can talk about that, how that's played a role in society. I mean, how many people are able to start these bad business ideas, these bad mom and pop shops, these bad brokerages, these bad products, these bad this, these bad. Everybody has it in their industry. And it's because money's debt. Money isn't even money right now, guys. I mean, like, that's the funny thing. They've convinced everybody that money is paid these paper dollars and Maybe at one point, if they're backed by gold, I would recognize them as money because that would be, you know, the earliest iteration of like, <clears throat> there's this system and then there are Satoshis, right? Satoshis are what make Bitcoin as a medium of exchange so perfect. Bitcoin is this system and it's 21 million. There's only ever many that will be dispensed and so many will be lost. And you only got 12 words, right? And like all of this stuff. But, oh, wait. Okay, one Bitcoin can be broken down into what? Like, how many sats? So, 100 million. 
it's like, yep. you know, it's perfectly divisible. And that's kind of what dollars backed by gold could theoretically be. But that's where trust comes into play. I mean, we couldn't trust them. If you look at the history of that, it was really bad. And they took it from us. I mean, we have an episode. I don't know what episode that was, Nick. Like episode four. Which one? The gold one, where they just like, they confiscated the gold. Then they gave back the gold. Then they confiscated the gold. And then they gave back gold. And then they just said, you know what? No more gold. We just don't want to do the gold anymore. We just don't like that stuff. And now we're here. That episode. That was so interesting to follow that timeline so clearly where it's like, if I was reading that paper, I'd be like, Oh God, like, what are we doing? (laughs) We're doing paper, doing doing the paper dollars. I just, oof. (laughs) It just is, it it blows my mind. And I feel like it's really been seeping into society lately. Like it's just getting worse and worse. For sure. There's just so many forms of it. I don't even know. Yeah, go ahead. So so I was going to say, so we know that we need money to consume today in order to live, right? Very much need money. Um, We know that we've got to, We've got to earn money, right? It's not just free, but how do we earn money? Well, we create value. We produce value in the market via expending our time and or our labor, right? So we know that we've got to expend time and labor producing value in the market in order to earn the money that we need to earn in order to consume today to live. And, you know, if we're if we're living today, I think that we want, you know, we want to put, put ourselves, I think, I think it's human nature, right, to want to... Uh, to want to make things better for yourself and your the people that you care about into the future. I think that that's like an innate thing that people want. Um, of course, you know, whenever money is twisted up, you know, it, it, uh, it twists up the incentives and time preference gets all kinds of pushed out of whack, right? Where people want to do more short-term gratification type, uh, type things versus uh, prioritizing the long-term. But so we know that we need money. We know that we've got to earn money and we know that to earn money, we expend time and labor. Okay. Well, what is, what is the money? What is money? Right. Is the, is the next question. What is money? Um, you know, I think that there's a million different ways you could look at what is money. Right. But if we're looking at, I think that the, how do you earn money question is, is really interesting in this. And if you have to earn, if you earn money by expending time and labor producing in the market, well, the money represents that we've expent time and labor producing in the market. I would think that one way that you could define money is to represent money is to represent the time and labor that you have put in uh, to produce value in, in the world, right? It's proof of work. Having money is proof of work in the marketplace, right? Which also goes into... Um, I think what we're going to talk about here in a little bit here when we get into what makes a good money. Uh, but, you know, the proof of work that you have expent time and labor in the market producing value, that that is what money is. It's representation of that. What do you think? Um, I think like what money is. Like I had said before, I like I, I like your definition. I just think that it's probably broader than that. I think money is something that we really don't understand. I think Bitcoin has kind of changed it. Um, You know, it's something similar to like time for me personally, Nick, where it's like money and time and all of these huge concepts that we've basically just said, okay, that's what it like. We shelf that like we got that right. That's what that is. 
I think it's really hard to put money in, into that bucket. And so I think it's going to be interesting to see how Bitcoin changes what money actually like literally is because Bitcoin is just a ledger and you're just getting, you know, the 12 words just give you the ability to go. Yeah, I spent that money. Like, that's it. Yeah, I spent the money. But out of that is going to literally be built an entirely new digital marketplace that also has the ability to like slow, not even slowly, fastly integrate all of the dinosaurs into the new payment systems world, like better than the current internet does. So what is money to me? Hmm. You bring up an, an interesting piece on the hard, network. You know, it's just hard is all I'm saying. Cause it's like, true. you just heard me. You well, just it's, heard, it's, it's, it's so many different things. Like right? it's it's so many different things. Is money a sponge? Is money like, is money, is the best form of money something that can be all the forms of money the best, but also never change? Because like, here's the thing about Bitcoin. Let's say Bitcoin, the network doesn't work out. The money is still the money. It's still out there. It is still going to be protected by this uh, hash rate. Whether the network grows or not, whether the federated internet truly integrates uh, the Bitcoin network the way it should into the new world. Like, whether or not some of these things happen, the money is still the money. So it's like Bitcoin takes up that principle of money, but can money be a network at the same time? Like can money actively be the network at the same time? Yeah, I think the network piece of it is really interesting because money is also a network, right? There's so many different ways to answer this question. I mean, money is also a network in the sense that um, if, if I've got, if I'm using you know, Bitcoin, say, as example, as money, but nobody wants to accept my Bitcoin for the things that I need, right, to consume today to live. If nobody wants to accept that, well, then it doesn't work great as a money, right? It's not it's not the most saleable good because people don't want it, right? Money is a network in the sense that the larger that network is of people that are utilizing the money, the more valuable it is. Uh, the dollar right now has a massive monetary network because everybody accepts it um you know i mean obviously you go in other places of the world you probably can't buy your coffee with just dollars right they've got their own uh currencies and stuff but here in the united states and and in several parts in the world uh you you can use dollars as money and they will accept it that is valuable that monetary network is very very valuable because if again if you're trying to if you're trying to buy things in the market but nobody wants what you've got to buy. Well, then you run into the exact same issue as in the barter system. When, you know, let's say that you're a, a farmer and you produce bananas, you know, you're not going to go around buying a house with bananas or buying a car with bananas. It's just, it doesn't work, right? Uh, bananas are not a good money and nobody wants them. The banana monetary network is not very big. It's not a good monetary network. Therefore, it's not a good money. Yeah, Bitcoin also like, there's the tradition in the traditional sense, if we want to break down, okay, what is money? You know, if you're talking about gold, like we can break the hardness to the softness down of Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the hardest form of money there's ever been. There's only 21 million. It's protected by terahashes. Good luck. You know what I'm saying? Like hardest form of money there ever is. And there will never be any more. That's the hardest form of money. Like that sound money has never been a thing. All right, cool. So that check that off. Divisibility. The, I'm not going to get long-winded on that one. Check that off. Store of value. Check that off. Unit of account. Check that off. 
Um, ability, transportability, check that off. Do we need to even keep going? No other money has ever even been able to like be an A plus and three. Bitcoin's an A plus and everything. Yeah. And because of the Lightning Network, because it's an open source, like Bitcoin in regards to like being interoperable, Lightning Network is just the like, I don't want to say the first one, but it's like the first real attempt at scaling Bitcoin, but it's not like it, it's the only attempt that could ever happen. Yeah. The, the base layer of Bitcoin is totally separate from the Lightning Network. Everybody doing the Lightning Network is essentially just taking this network that was already there and bringing it to Bitcoin and seeing if it can work. And so far it works really, really well. But what is money? Like, does money account for the fact that Bitcoin got built on for free? Because that makes it a better money, in my opinion. All the dollar stuff, like, ever since 1913, I mean, like, we've gone to, what, two world wars on the precipice of a third. Um, we and were in several others in between. Seven years. Yeah, like, it hasn't really been... It's not, and like we You've talk the about bank, all the time. The bank bailouts of 2008, 2009. Too right, like we talk about all the time on this podcast, we don't slam America. America is the best version we've had thus far. We just might be at the end of it and at the end of any great empire or any great like run in human civilization. You know, people are greedy. People don't want to lose. And so they'll do anything not to lose. And it gets kind of ugly. And that's well, just historically, history. there's been a ton of monetary manipulation at the end right. of monetary debasement at the end of a, of a huge empire. And if you ignore that as a, as a person today with everything that's going on, I think that it's like Greg Foss talks about all the time. The only wrong allocation of Bitcoin right now is zero percent as an investment tool. We're not talking even like this whole podcast me and Nick are talking about. We, we normally don't even talk about it as an investment tool. We do the market check to show everybody the price, but it is an investment tool is all everybody's even thinking about it right now. And Nick and I are on episode 48. And most of these episodes are about what it can do to the world, what it will do to the world and how it's going to like, just continue to seep into your life everywhere because it's just a better technology. I mean, it's just better. Like yeah. you can't, you can't send money for free with no intermediary anywhere else. It, it doesn't work. And if you want to do what the impervious browser is doing and like the federated internet and building new marketplaces and kind of building this new digital world, you can't have a money that is owned by somebody. It just needs to be the money on the internet. Like it needs to be as if we were actually in the computer and there's this computer currency. And that's what it, that's what Bitcoin is because yeah. it is the energy currency and it is actually money. You know, yeah. there was a proof of stake Bitcoin made on Ethereum too. Oh, was there? Oh, doesn't that make you just want to throw up in your mouth? Like, it's just like <laughs> because it's just so disrespectful to like all these people that have put in all this work to what is truly a great human like advancement. Bitcoin is a human advancement. Everything else is just kind of like they're just combating it. And yeah. just and if like, I was, I say this all the time now, people are like, oh, all, you're you're putting all this into Bitcoin, blah blah blah. I'm like, yeah, dude. If I'm wrong. I mean, like, it's not because I'm a bad person. Like, it's not. It's not because I'm like a bad guy. Like, I just want to see uh, Bitcoin win because I think it's going to help the middle class. It's going to help the people, the majority of the people. And I truly believe, in my heart of hearts, that uh, the stronger the middle class, the truly closer you get to a real a, a utopia of sorts. And sure. I think that's what we all want. 
but everybody thinks that we can only get there, you know, closed mindedly. And Bitcoin does change that. So is to bring it all the way back to the question, all this stuff we're talking about, is that what money is to them? Because Bitcoin is changing the fabric of what money is in, 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 in its entirety. And that's okay. Like, that's a good thing. Of what of what money is as we know it today, right? Yeah, and so, I think that's great. So we so we know that we need money to consume and live today, and we know that we've got to earn money by expending time and labor, creating value in the marketplace, and we know that money can be you know all kinds of different things, but you know at one basic level, it, it represents the time and labor that you use producing in the market. It is a network of people that want to accept and use that money. Uh, but there's a lot of other traits, I think, of, of money that that also need to be understood to really try to get further down into the weeds, um, which brings the next question. Well, what makes a good money? Right. If we know that we need it, we know that we've got to earn it. We know that uh, money can be separate, all these different types of things. But what makes a good money? Well, you, you were mentioning some of them earlier here. So I'm going to give you some of these terms and then we'll then we'll talk about them. First one is durability. Money's got to be durable. Uh, it's got to be divisible. It's got to be portable. It's got to be fungible. It's got to be scarce. And, uh, and I guess kind of a subnote of scarcity is hardness. We talk about the hardness of money. So let's, let's start at the top here. So durability. Money should not decay over time, right? I, I talked about bananas earlier. Man, if I wanted to buy a house with bananas, how many fucking bananas do you think that's going to cost, right? That's, that's, a, that's a, a goofy question. Obviously, we're not going to talk about how many bananas it would cost to buy a house, but if I, if I were doing that, I mean, how long are those bananas going to work, be worth uh, anything, right? I mean, nobody wants to accept bananas for a house because it's going to decay. It's going to rot. Um, you know, on that thought, Bitcoin does not rot. It, uh, it's difficult to destroy. You can't just destroy Bitcoin. And it's actually, Bitcoin is actually a monetary ledger that is, uh, that is, that is running on every single full node and stored on every single full node everywhere around the world. Um, meaning that, uh, it, it can't just be destroyed by turning off a computer or three. I mean, literally every single, every single node that has a full copy of the, of the Bitcoin ledger would have to be destroyed simultaneously in order for that to, uh, destroy Bitcoin. So the durability piece is a big one. What's your thought on durability, Griff? Keep going. A plus. The only thing I want to add is that there are other forms of money that have been durable and have proven to be durable and don't decay. Yep. But gold, great example. Nations, states, and governments and central banks have figured out how to theoretically <coughs> make them decay. <laughs> and so there's other forms of money out there that don't decay, but they can be manipulated by government. So I feel like you have to factor in their durability in regards to how well does the money stand sure. against people are greedy. People suck. So how can how can, how does the money fight people? How does it how does it fight us? We need yeah. something that doesn't want to just give in to everything we want to do. Yeah, I think you, you bring up an interesting thought there. We were talking about it earlier. So gold is a great example of a of a, <laughs> of a money that was that is durable, right? Money does not rot and decay over time. It's one of the most durable, precious metals of, of all time. That's why the uh, that's why the supply of gold is so large because all the gold that we've ever created or, or found um, is still here in supply. Now, of course, certain certain amounts of gold are 
you know, used in production for um, different types of uh, manufacturing and uh, different types of technologies and all that kind of stuff. People have buried it in the ground with their loved ones and all kinds of stuff like that. Right. But it does all the gold is still here. Right. Um, but then it's, it's interesting. So we, we used gold as money because of its scarcity and all, all these other properties we're about to go through. Uh, but uh, there was a, a, a scalability issue, a portability issue, uh, a divisibility issue with gold that made it inefficient for transactions. And so people used silver, right? But ultimately it ended up with banknotes. People would store gold in the bank vault and use banknotes to transact with each other. It made it more efficient. It really did make it more efficient. But then what happened was the gold started centralizing in bank vaults. And uh, as central banks then came about, that gold then started uh, centralizing in central banks uh, to where now we are disconnected from the real money. Whereas then where you run into an issue where what Griff was talking about earlier, it's like, okay, now, now we're just using these banknotes as representations of the gold. And then that severs and now it's, now it's just a banknote. And now we can just create more and more and more banknotes uh, for no cost, which, uh, in turn, will devalue the existing. But let's keep moving here. So divisibility is the next piece. Divisibility. We should be able to use a good money for small and large transactions, right? Uh, if if you've got a big bar of gold and you need to buy a cup of coffee, say, it's, it's probably going to be a, a little difficult to get that exact amount of gold, you know, scraped off of your gold bar in order to buy that thing, right? So, we should be able to use money for large and small transactions. It should be easy to do that. Um, you know, as, as far as Bitcoin goes, there's nothing too large or too small that you can buy with Bitcoin. Um, you know, it's it's even divisible all the way down to, right? We talked about uh, one Satoshi is one one hundred millionth of a Bitcoin. Um, you can get all the way down to hundred hundredths, hundredths, it's tough to say, of a penny. I mean, you can, you can break uh, Bitcoin down all the way that far. It's all math. It's perfectly divisible. And it costs nothing extra to the network itself. Yeah. It's perfectly divisible and it costs nothing. It costs literal, it costs like dollars to make pennies now. Yeah. So just for also to put that in perspective, like the Bitcoin network is perfectly efficient because it's also digital. Like digital is good. Digital is something humans need to take advantage of, but it's hard for us to trust. But Bitcoin's also trustless. That's going to be, this is definitely a theme for a podcast today. I think I've said that four times now, but it's my new favorite thing. It is trustless as well. There's just the Satoshis are there. But yeah, perfectly divisible. Satoshis um, far outclass any other network or any other monetary network's ability to be divisible and do microtransactions. And not only do microtransactions, but do microtransactions and then not charge the person a transaction fee, really. Because... uh, the, the, the next piece here uh, that, that divisibility leads right into is portability. Um, so, so the interesting piece with divisibility, right, is uh, I, I just saw a deal the other day. Um, somebody had moved like 400 and something uh, million dollars on the Bitcoin network for like 25 bucks. You know, I that's what it costs it. to move that, that amount of capital. And, and if you're moving uh, amounts as small as 25 bucks itself, you're going to pay uh, hundredths of a penny uh, to to process and verify that transaction, which is the portability piece. Portability means that we should be able to move money around easily. It shouldn't be difficult to move money around. Um, Bitcoin in this sense, right? It can be shot anywhere in the world 
instantaneously on the Lightning Network or within 10 minutes on the base blockchain uh, for a negligible fee, right? We talked about $25 for 400, I think it was like $436 million. Yeah, Man, it's really I mean, interesting. That costs you, like nothing, you know? Yeah, if you've ever done, you like used Bitcoin on a layer one, this is why it has to be a built on a layer two. Like a lot of the portability stuff, there needs to be a good layer two for Bitcoin because Bitcoin is not that scalable in and of itself. Because it's open source, it is portable more portable, so to speak, because if you've ever used Bitcoin, you can send very small transactions on a layer one wallet, like a blue wallet or something like that. It's going to take a little while. Like it's going to take a little while because it's just not as advantageous for them to take your transaction and put it into the block. I think right away, it's not as big. So like they don't, you know, 205 million, like they're going to want to take that trans, but they want to take that transaction more. Um, That's why the lightning network is so perfect. Because it perfects the micropayments portion of Bitcoin for no transaction fee. And that's why it's really important. Um, more, and I need to do more research, but the Lightning Network seems to be rather trustless of a protocol as well. But trustless in the sense that one LN BTC does equal one BTC. And you can't just send LN BTC to the Bitcoin network like. I, maybe there will be counterfeit for, for the people that don't know what you're talking about. Explain what that explain what you're saying there. And well, right. So Lightning Network is a layer two built on top of Bitcoin to basically it was basically to fix this problem that we're talking about right now in the scalability of Bitcoin. Bitcoin is not the most scalable cryptocurrency, I guess, so to speak, in the sense that it has these blocks that get produced every 10 minutes and miners, you know, validate these blocks to get the reward. Um, but it can take some time for smaller transactions to get processed. And there's only so many transactions that can happen per block. Um, and that's just not the most scalable thing. If you think about on onloading the entire world, you're going to need something that can do millions of transactions every single second without fail. And so the Lightning Network is a layer two built on top of Bitcoin that is essentially its own node network system that the more nodes that get onloaded, just kind of the bigger network that Lightning becomes. Um, and currently, it's still experimental. So like bit, a lot of like platforms will only let you put so much Bitcoin on it because they're building very carefully. That's the cool thing about Bitcoin. It's very real. If you go into a Lightning service and you try to like really like do, to do 205 million, I don't think they would let you even do that right now. There's only about 6,000 Bitcoin on the Lightning network in whole so so to speak as long as that ratio one to one is there there's nothing anybody ever has to worry about and the theoretical throughput of the lightning network is 40 million transactions per second not per minute not every 10 minutes not this not that every second so theoretically speaking the lightning network is that scalability piece that can bring bitcoin to the world and it is interoperable with pretty much anything like any payments any any little kiosk anything like that the lightning network can be pretty easily integrated into society and it already is me and nick talk about it all the time and we haven't built a business yet so we're totally missing the boat on bringing the lightning network to different payment services and different industries but it's happening and that's what strike has done strike is just doing it for banks strike is just going oh you want to be an exchange w or you want to be an exchange um western union mm. That sucks. 
We're going to do it for basically nothing. And then on top of that, you can do lightning payments on Stripe. You can do transfers to the layer one for almost nothing. You can exchange it to any currency in the world for zero. So essentially, Strike has defeated everybody. They're just not um, huge yet, but they did just get an $80 million Series B. So obviously, people know that it's going to be huge. And it's one of those companies that I don't think it centralizes Bitcoin. I think that it brings Bitcoin to the real world and it makes Bitcoin competitive. The For moment sure. Strike does this, the moment Strike brings the port of the true portability of Bitcoin to the world, like we're talking about right now, how the hell is Apple not going to compete with that? How are how's Apple going to be like, oh, Visa keep Visa keep bending me over? I like giving you three <laughs> percent. I love just giving you our money for no reason because this Bitcoin app can just do it for nothing, you know? Like, oh please, you know. And uh, Strike is about to bring it to the world, and. I'm a strike is really just doing it as an exchange, but I'm assuming they're going to bring it to other industries. I'm assuming that they're going to like bring this to everybody. What mom and pop shop is not is going to want to use square is going to want to use dollars at a certain point where if they just settle on cash app or square on a lightning payment, it's it's free and they get to keep all their money and it's not taxable and it's faster. And it's just better and you can charge people less so you can get more customers like that's where people miss the boat on bitcoin the portability of bitcoin is so important because it's where it's going to win it, it is a huge competitive advantage in business to have smaller margins and have to waste less money on things like just swiping your damn card Ver- verifying transactions yeah highest isn't the highest profit margin on the s p is fucking visa so that is a huge waste, not only to businesses, but to people and society as a whole. It's super inefficient. Now, don't get me wrong. Visa had to perform a service at a certain point that was better than something else. Bitcoin is just the best that it'll ever be because zero is zero. So you know, like- so, something that that I found uh, just last weekend, again, reading in Bitcoin and Exponential Freedom, um, he was talking about he was talking about how gold he was talking about gold and how gold has not kept up with monetary expansion, right? Inflation. Uh, right. But but you, he says you may have more buying power with your gold than you did you know, 50 years ago by holding it, but that's not completely due to gold's immutable like uh, store of value properties. There's also this technological advancement that has also made things more efficient, right? We, we always want to talk about you know, that economic term, ceteris paribus, meaning to hold all other things constant, uh, and try to isolate one variable or two variables. But we know that there's a million different things that are happening in the market at any one time that are affecting uh, you know, money, call it. Um, yeah. and, and technological innovation, making things more efficient, would make me think that money should buy more over time, right? As things, as things become more efficient to create and produce, uh, our, our money today should buy more you know, next year, if there's more innovation, right? Um, I, that's that's kind of a thought there on on the. It was impossible though. What you're talking about just simply is impossible before Bitcoin, because sure. because what we were just talking about, we're talking about the properties of money, and in my opinion, for technology to really do exactly what you're saying, to its to the bet to the best of its ability, because technology has made the world cheaper. I mean, it has. The world wouldn't be able to operate right now if there wasn't for some great technology. Like we would, it, it's expensive, but like it's also like it's it's the only thing that works. But um, before Bitcoin, it wasn't possible because for simple things, we'll just go right back to the example I just used. 
how are we supposed to really mm, deflate without causing harm to people's lives in a sense if you know what i mean like technology is supposed to money is supposed to gain more power but that means people need to actually have that money yeah you know in their hands or else there's just me people with all the money and then none of the money but bitcoin makes what you're talking about possible in my opinion it's the only thing that makes it possible because for a while i think bitcoin's just going to kind of transfer the value if you know what I mean, Bitcoin is as great of a bridge as it is a network. Like it's going to be the big greatest off ramp for the dollar ever. I mean, what Strike is doing is making it an off ramp. The next step after Strike is going okay. So we don't even need to do the exchange rate, right? Like we don't need that part of it. We need to build other stuff. We need to build the new world. Yeah. But Bitcoin right now, you see a lot of people building the off ramps from the fiat world into the Bitcoin world. And then I think we can do the whole technology gets cheaper thing. I yeah. think that we're just like an age away from it because because we need to get out of what we're in right now. I mean, well, we need to safely get out of what we're in right now. So, so we've talked about money needing to be durable, needing to be divisible, and needing to be portable. Another piece here is that money should be fungible. This is a term that a lot of people like have maybe seen uh, if they've looked into these qualities of money or traits of money. Um, that is kind of a strange word. Fungibility it just means that each unit of of that money is interchangeable with another, right? A dollar in my pocket should be the same as a dollar in your pocket. Um, it, I, I think on on in bitcoins in bitcoins world, uh, we typically use uh, we use the the phrase one bitcoin is one bitcoin to affirm its limited supply, right? But uh, but it can also be used to affirm that. The code is the code, right? Bitcoin is Bitcoin, um, and it cannot be forged, right? Bitcoin is just math. Bitcoin is objectively true or false. You either it either is Bitcoin or it is not Bitcoin. Um, this is this is the beauty of it being uh, a programmable, immutable supply uh, in in code and math, right? It's all objectively verifiable. The fungibility piece is huge. Um, Fungibility piece is huge. It's just the biggest part of Bitcoin as well. Yeah. Like that's like what Bitcoin got right first. It was just like, okay, one Bitcoin is going to be one Bitcoin. We're not going to do, we're not going to do an inflation schedule on yeah. this bad boy. Like after 21 million, we're not going to do. Well, and you, you said it earlier, right? Like one, uh, uh, one Bitcoin on the lightning network is the same as one Bitcoin on the base layer Bitcoin network, yeah. right? It's fungible. They're, the one, one in the same, they're one in the same here. That part um, of it is, yes. And that part's going to have to be like, obviously I think closely monitored, but I, it seems pretty like it's interoperable with the, the Bitcoin network. So it seems like it's pretty much a hundred percent, but yeah, nothing's hundred percent, you know? For sure. Okay, so so the next piece here, um, and now we're kind of getting into some of the stuff that I think is is really 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 interesting. So scarcity, uh, a good money should be scarce. It should have a limited supply so as to store value. Um, you know, Bitcoin also has a hard supply cap of twenty one million. Uh, we've talked about that uh, tons and tons. And if you know anything about Bitcoin, you know that this is a huge piece of it. Um, money should be scarce. Why should money be scarce? Well. If money is absolutely abundant and there's infinite amounts in it, well, then you're, you only will value it as its utility value is. Uh, but because, like we talked about earlier, because we need money to consume and buy things in the market that we need, 
Well, it's got to have some type of standard set of value, right? It has to have some standard agreed upon value. Um, and, and that is that, that value is how, or, or the, the question really is how do you value money? Well, again, we, we earn money by expending time and labor in the market, producing value. So how do we value our time and our labor? Um, is, is, you know, one hour of your time worth $15 is one hour of your time worth $300. I mean, how do you, how do you value that? Right? Well, I, I think, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's one way of thinking of the question. Maybe another one is maybe we don't value money. Maybe we value the, uh, the products and the services. Okay. So then how do we, how do I, how do I identify how many of these money units, you know, we'll just stay neutral. Right. But how many of these money units do I need to give in exchange for this product or service? Well, we can work on that right now. We can, we can, we can find an equilibrium price for some product or service. Right. Um, but what happens if mon- money is, is not stable in supply? It is not, uh, it, it's not a scarce, uh, money. It would, man, it, it all gets twisted up, right? If, if I'm trying to buy a new t-shirt or something, right. Uh, but money continually uh, supplies expanding, meaning it's, it's becoming less and less scarce. Well then, uh, the same amount of money going I mean, after yeah. speaking the same goods and services will make the same goods and services cost more of that money. Well, scarcity is extremely important as well because hyperinflation is obviously the end event for all currencies currently up to this date. And hyperinflation is when people go, oh, I just don't even want that anymore at all. Like, period. Like, I just, no, I don't want, I don't do that anymore. And that's ultimately what you have to avoid, but inflation and scarcity and how that affects society too. And I mean, scarcity, I guess, is the most direct to inflation, inflation, would you say? Well, I think it's actually the next one. It would be hardness of money. A good money should have the lowest stock to flow ratio. We've talked about stock to flow before here, but, but the quick, uh, the quick rundown on what stock to flow is, uh, stock is the existing supply, all of the existing supply. So let's use Bitcoin as an example. All the Bitcoin that's out there currently is somewhere just over 19 million, I believe. Right, Griff? Mm-hmm. So just over 19 million Bitcoin are in total supply. That's the stock. Now, the flow of Bitcoin is the additions of newly created Bitcoin. Um, so this is, this is interesting, right? So again, hardness of money. Uh, a, a good money should have a low stock-to-flow ratio. Uh, a low stock-to-flow ratio means that there is a very small amount of newly created money added to the existing supply, the stock, right? Now, if a money has a high stock-to-flow ratio, that means that there is a lot of new money coming in as compared to the relative size of the existing amount of money. So Bitcoin in this example, Bitcoin's new production actually exponentially decays over time. Uh, you cannot expand more or you can't you can't expend more capital and or labor and create more Bitcoin faster or in larger quantities than before uh, this increase. So this is something that that uh, almost no other thing has other than Bitcoin, which is that, OK, if I wanted to let's say that the price of homes goes up and I'm a home builder. I'm incentivized to then go out and build more homes, right? Because the price has gone up and uh, let's assume that I can still get materials for the same price 
uh, and the price of homes has gone up, I bet I'm incentivized to go out and build more homes. But if I go out and build more homes, I'm going to add more supply to the market, which uh, in turn, uh, theoretically, right, uh, as more supply enters, uh, price will come down as uh, again, as now there's now there's more availability, price goes down in that situation. So uh, but Bitcoin. Uh, sorry, let, let's think. Let me go back to the beginning part of that home builder example. If a home builder says, hey, this price has gone up, I'm going to, to double fold all of the my investments in my my company and I'm going to go out and instead of building, you know, 10 houses a year, I'm going to try to build 20. So I'm going to expend more time and energy and capital into doing that, right? Which would increase total supply of homes, which would drop the price and value of homes. Uh, let's just call it price. Not We won't say value because there's a difference. But uh, so that that's what happens with the creation of any other good. With Bitcoin, you cannot expend more capital and energy and time into the network and produce more Bitcoin. It's a, it's a fixed immutable code that says, each, uh, each block that's added to the blockchain, you get X amount for your Bitcoin reward, your blockchain reward for verifying this transaction, for verifying this block. Now, uh, that, that, that blockchain reward, it, it exponentially decays over time. Meaning, so right now, every block that's added, that's added to the blockchain, the, the miner that verified that block and found the correct hash, they get 6.25 Bitcoin. In about two years, once we uh, once we move on to the next halving cycle, um, that 6.25 uh, Bitcoin block reward will reduce down in half to 3.125, meaning, and that will continue to happen into perpetuity uh, until you hit that 21 million supply cap. Uh, this is showing that the the stock to flow ratio is going lower and lower and lower and lower every single uh, halving cycle, which is about four years based on the math. Um, that's, that's huge. And you also cannot expend more capital in creating Bitcoin and create Bitcoin faster. It, it is in an immutable programmable supply cap and exponential decay. That's huge. When you talk about the hardness of money and the scarcity of money, uh, in respect to the store of value properties of a good money, right? Because, a currency is all of these things, but also, uh, but but not a store of value. Money is all of these things, plus it's a store of value, which, you know, part of these pieces play into it being a store of value. But if money is not a store of value, it will inherently heighten people's time preferences, make them focus more on today than tomorrow, and make bad long-term decisions. That's literally what happens. And, uh, you know, I guess to kind of round out this whole thought, right, we know that we need money to consume today. We have to earn money by expending time and labor, producing value in the market, whatever that may be, right? Whatever industry or trade or whatever that may be. And we know that money can be all different kinds of things, but generally it's a representation of the time and labor that we're spending, creating value in the market. Um, we know that money is also a network, right? Meaning that people, people all use it and communicate with each other in this monetary network, uh, they communicate their economic value, right? And what is valuable in the market. So we know that those are a couple of things of what money is. And, but then we, we want to ask, what is a good money then? 
Well, good money is durable, meaning that it, it does not decay over time, right? It, st- it holds its value or it holds its, its properties, right? It, is, it should be divisible, meaning that we should be able to use it for small and large transactions. Money, a good money should be portable, meaning that you can move it around with ease, right? It's not super difficult to move it around and make different transactions happen. It should be fungible, meaning that each unit of that money should be interchangeable with another, right? There's not one one type of that money that's better than the other, right? It should all be the same, interchangeable. A good money should be scarce, meaning uh, meaning that there shouldn't be uh, an unlimited amount of it, right? It should have a limited supply. And I think that the the limited supply piece is, is kind of an interesting one. It, it doesn't actually matter how much that supply is, what number that supply is. As long as it's fixed, any amount will work if it is divisible, right? If it is divisible. And a good money should also be hard in the, in the sense of uh, it should be hard to create more of that money. There should be a cost to creating more money because if there's no cost to creating more money, well, then what is the real value of the money, right? And if there's no real value of the money, well, then how are we going to value our time and our labor in that money, right? These are a couple of things of what Bitcoin is, or you know, what Bitcoin is, what's below the surface of this current monetary system, um, this fiat system. You know, these are some of the questions that like we people don't get into, people don't think about. These these types of things people assume, oh yeah, the, these are all taken care of, right? These are all these are all true of our current money today, but they're not. But they're not at all. Dollars are divisible. Dollars are portable. Dollars are fungible, but dollars aren't scarce. Dollars aren't durable. Dollars aren't dollars aren't fungible. You know, dollars are not fungible. Not that not I. Well, I thought that was a very good way to wrap up all of the things in one deal. But I don't think dollars are fungible. Yeah. Well, yeah, they are. Dollars are fungible. They're not one for one. Well, one one do- dollar in my pocket is the same as a dollar in your pocket. Now we know that the what that buys over time changes, but one dollar is just one dollar, right? No, I think one dollar is one dollar would be kind of. I think that you can say that it's not because there's only so many quote unquote dollars that the Fed has printed ever, and there's a lot more dollars digitally. So I don't think one dollar is one dollar. I think if everybody were to bank run and do the whole fucking thing. $1 would not be $1. You'd realize that every $2,000 that you had in a bank or a service or an exchange or on your 401 was probably like a dollar because that's how played out it is. I mean, do the math. You know how derivatives markets and how much money there is in the markets yeah. and that if you had to pull it all out, how much money do the banks actually have? I mean, how many dollars are there actually? Does it even matter? I don't think so because I think everybody knows what I just said to be true. But um, I don't think... I don't think dollars are considered fungible anymore because if you went to the, if you had a large sum of money in the bank right now or in your 401k and everybody just started pulling this out like they did in the 20s, they would have a huge problem on their hands. And they had a problem in the 20s because they weren't fungible. They didn't have every dollar that everybody had. And um, it's not good. So I don't think dollars are fungible. Dollars suck. So you're not going to get me to say anything good about a dollar. But um, I don't think they're fungible for that reason. But that's just my interpretation of the definition, and I don't like dollars. But um, are we doing the tweet of the week? Because I had a really good one. 
Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that there's any competition cause I know what you're going to pull up. You pull it up because it's, uh, it is a, it is a killer tweet here. And so crowning right out of the gates here, tweet of the week. Um, yeah, I, I did Griff, I did go back and I, I read through the, um, I read through the deal and, uh, yeah, you, you were, you were right. It's so it's really good. good. Yeah. Gigi was just like, he was responding to, um, it's a large thread. So it's one tweet of the week. I picked one that was my favorite. I think Troy Cross is actually a Bitcoiner. So I think this was a joke. Yeah. Um, yeah. He but is then they just started getting into it um, of just about everything we were actually talking about today, which is like, you know, we can talk about what we want with Bitcoin, the network and whatnot. But at the end of the day, what money is, is a very important story. And, you know, you have to solidify the story and tell people about it because it's actually like the biggest barrier for people to enter. They just are like, it's worthless, dude. I'm like, no, actually, if you think about it, the dollars that you have are worthless for everything that we're talking about. But my favorite tweet was um, tweet of the week. It was a really I love that. Tweet. I love that one where he talks about medium of exchange, store value, and unit of account. Um, that oh, one I like this one. So no, Bitcoin is not just text. Even though all of Bitcoin is made of text, it's as reductionist as saying that your mother is just a pile of atoms. It's true in a really unimportant way. <laughs> it just, oh, now that's that is a really good one. I, I maybe I didn't see that. I guess I guess I didn't see that full thread because I guess I read I went down uh, I went down um, what what was homeboy's name Cross What was it What was his first name? Tyler or something. Um, Troy Cross. Troy Cross. Um, yeah, I read I read that thread and then part of Gigi's. But I thought I I guess I thought I uh, I thought I read it, but I think I read another one. But um, yeah, that's really good though. That's that is so funny because you know a lot of people like it literally is as reductionist as saying that your mom is just a pile of atoms. And it's like yeah yeah that's true, but like that does it doesn't really mean anything though. You know, it's like. Uh, sure. It's interesting to look at like, you know, what Bitcoin is made of. Right. But it's, it's literally, it's literally as dumb as saying your mom is just a pile of atoms. It's like, well, yeah, that's true. But like you saying in a very unimportant way. Um, yeah, I thought that that was really good. Go up and show that, uh, go up and show that other one, that medium of exchange, uh, store value unit of account. I think that that's a really fun one too. The first tweet. Here. Yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. one right there. Medium of exchange is exchange with others. Store of value is exchange with your future self, and then unit of account is to measure and plan and execute the above. Right, the medium, the exchange with others, and the exchange with your future self. I was like, oh, that's really good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it makes so much sense. But um, yeah, I say tweet of the week. Tweet of the um, week is Gigi. It was uh. What, it was kind of a whole podcast, essentially, about exactly what GG was talking about on that Twitter thread. Yeah. Um, if you listen to this whole thing, you might not need to go check out the Twitter thread. Maybe you go check it out anyway and see how dumb we are. Um, or <laughs> or if you just hear this clip, that GG was awesome um, from previously. It was awesome and go read it because it's like, whoa, you know what I'm saying? Is it a Absolutely. girl or a guy? I can't I don't huh? really tell. There's a lot of anonymous Bitcoin people, and I never. Uh, I think Gigi's a guy. He was actually on the Blue Collar Bitcoin podcast um, oh, cool. and, and hung out with those guys. It, it was interesting to listen to. 
I'm telling you guys, another podcast that's great to go listen to is the Blue Collar Bitcoin Podcast. If you're not listening to it, go check those guys out because they've got a, a really a really fun show. They've got a lot of great guests. They've got good topics to talk about. But um, hey, thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Nick and Griff Show. Come check us out on Twitter down here if you guys are watching. Um, it is at Nick and Griff Show, uh, all spelled out N-Y-C-A-N-D-G-R-I-F-F-S-H-O-W. Uh, if you also go to nickandgriffshow.com, that'll take you straight to our link tree where you can find all of our links um, for all the platforms we're on. If you guys are watching, thank you. Hope that we look good for you. Griff, the top of your head's looking great today. Thank you, brother. <laughs> um, and uh, if you're not watching, you can watch us on YouTube as well as on Spotify. Um, yeah, I thought it was a fun episode. Uh, come hit us on Twitter. We'd love to talk to you. And... Uh, We will see you next time. Peace.